Good day, and welcome to the latest episode of your favorite Christian podcast, DBSG, Disciple Bibleship Study Group, where we look at various topics and apply them to what we read in the Bible and take a look at where science and technology intersect with that. This latest episode is brought to you by Brother Fred. Say hi, Brother Fred. Hello out there. Hello, everyone. God bless you. And myself, Brother Rob, when each week we look to pick apart some topic and take the lens of the Bible and see how we can learn lessons from things that we're seeing today and things that we've read about and learned from the Bible and how to live a better life as a better Christian. And today we have a very interesting topic, women in the Bible. We have Mother's Day coming up this week. And we decided to take a look at some of the more interesting female figures who were prominent in the Bible and see what lessons we can learn today from how they lived in their times and how we can live in our times in accordance to the word of Christ. And with that said, Brother Fred, tell us about the women who we're going to be previewing today. Well, Brother Rob, thank you for that uh, wonderful and, and warm introduction. It's always good to uh, come back and talk about, uh, you know, the life and times of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament is about, his arrival and him coming back. And in, in, as far as women in the Bible, there's basically five women of importance that were uh, mentioned in the Bible. Of the five, none of them were super Wonder Woman type of women. They were ordinary, everyday women that God had plans for them and, and different missions for them in life. Uh, we're going to look at two of those five. The uh, Virgin Mary, who gave birth to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. And the other one is Ruth. A lot of people don't know much about Ruth. So I'm going to share with you a little bit about Ruth because Ruth gave a life testimony, living it, basically, of how every human on this planet should be. And in doing so, changed the face of a nation being ruled by men. And uh, an amazing story, a short story, but an amazing story. It's great to hear that you're profiling Ruth, because she is often overlooked, you know, when we talk about the Bible, but she's definitely a prominent figure that you can't talk about the Bible without mentioning her. That is true. That is true. So without any further ado, let's talk about Ruth. Ruth was not born um, an Israelite, but she does have a connection with an Israelite family. Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, were in Bethlehem, who were Israelites. And Elimelech wind up uh, dying eventually. Um, they, they left. Israel was, uh, now just to set a uh, baseline for you, Israel was suffering with great famine at the time. So the family decided to move Elimelech and his wife Naomi to, and his sons to a um, nearby nation of Moab. And Ruth is from Moab, okay? Now, Naomi's husband dies, Elimelech, and the sons married Moabite women, which was uh, Orpah. I always think Oprah, <laughs> right? Orpah, 
O R P A. That's where her name comes from, though. Really? Yeah, her mom, her um, grandmother mispronounced Oprah's name, and what came out was Oprah. Oprah's name. Wow, I didn't know that. Yes. Good connection. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> so the two sons named uh, married two Moabite women named Orpa or Oprah. Okay, and Ruth. Okay, and after ten years of marriage, marriage, both the sons died, and um, Ruth. And you, and you have to look at how women were viewed back then. If you weren't queen of something. Back then, you were basically a nobody. You were important because a man around you made you important. So when you look at a family, the family looked at the man first. The wife didn't have much of a voice. The husband spoke. The husband led. The husband did this. The husband did that. So when Naomi's two sons died, Ruth and her and Oprah or Orpa really if they wanted to survive and have a name for themselves and an identity had to get remarried right away I don't know what Orpah did but basically Ruth said I'm not buying into that she decided to stay with Naomi and she stayed by her side and they traveled to, uh, I believe they traveled back to Bethlehem. And while they were there, now the country is still in great, the nation is still in great famine. A relative of uh, Elimelech, I think his name was Boaz, right? Boaz saw Ruth working in the field. And the way it worked was, the Israelites would pick fruit or whatever it is or crop or whatever it is. And if any fell to the ground, and this was taken from a Jewish law that the law um, prohibits farmers from gathering crops all the way to the edges of the field. So people were able to pick it up around the edges, I believe. And that made it possible for the poor to feed their families. And Ruth was out there doing that. And I think somebody saw her and said, wow, or Boaz finally learned about her somehow. Somebody set it up to where she would be sleeping at his feet. And that's a custom that's usually marked by a, uh, two, a brother being married to a, his wife. He dies and the woman would sleep at the brother's feet because the brother was supposed to marry her to carry on um, the marriage. But even though that wasn't the case between those two, Boaz fell in love with her and eventually he married Ruth and Ruth converted over to Judaism. And what's so interesting about Ruth is she was the kindest, sweetest, most loving person you'll ever meet. Now I'm going to mention why that's important in a few minutes. But marrying Boaz, she and converting over to Judaism, she wind up being, I believe, it's the great grandmother of because she married into the tribe of Judah. She wound up being the great grandmother of King David, King Dawu, David. So she's part of the bloodline 
that eventually um, led to uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. An amazing story. Pretty interesting. That's, <clears throat> I didn't know that. I said Ruth's lineage is, is way deeper than what I thought. I thought she was just like a childless widow or something. And if you think about that in today's society, it doesn't have that much of a um, precedence if you really think about it, because there's, there's a lot of widows in today's society and they're established women who right. have their own voice, their own money, their own jobs, their own lives. And their identity is not found with them. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use this word lightly, kowtowing behind uh, a man. Because one of the things we have to do, we have to respect other people's customs and courtesies. When I was in the military, one of the things we got trained on when we went to a um, foreign country as a visitor of representing our country, we got trained in what's called customs and courtesies. Because in some countries, if you wave a certain way, you know how we like to wave with our palm out? In some countries, you just insulted a person. You right. waved with your back of your hand facing out in that country. Those are things we had to know so that we it didn't insult someone. Same thing here in this conversation here. We're not going to go out on the limb and, said, you know, and say that uh, it is in the Middle East. That may be the custom for a woman uh, to find identity through being married through a man. Okay, that's how it may have, may have been how it was back in the Old Testament Bible time days. I'm sure it changed somewhat uh, since then. But if you go to the Middle East, there is a, an established way of doing things between men and women. And we also know that women in the Middle East don't have the same freedoms that women here do in the West. They look down on us. We look down on them. I think both viewpoints are wrong. They are what they are. Me personally, me personally, this is just Brother Fred. I think God created us all equal. And Mary, the Virgin Mary, is proof of that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love talking about her shortly here. But getting back to Ruth, what Ruth did, which was so amazing, a lot of her story was going down during the time of uh, the Jewish holiday, uh, Shavuot, which uh, celebrates the giving of the Torah to the Jewish people. Because a lot of her story went down during the Shavuot, she is now, the reading of Ruth's story takes place during the spring harvest, and that's when the Shavuot falls for the entire nation today. She changed. This woman just being sweet and kind and loving and loyal, all of the above, okay, changed a custom and courtesy that's being done in a male-dominated society. She was not Queen Ruth. She was not President Ruth. Maharaja Ruth, she wasn't any of that. She was just Ruth Ruth. She was the wife of a very important man, Moab, but her love 
and kindness and sweetness and dedication to duty. They were so enamored as to how she 100% embraced Judaism and loved it with every ounce of her. And she was not born into the faith. She was not born. That was, that's not her natural bloodline. Was just amazing. <clears throat> She's a very dynamic woman. Well, I'm, I'm trying to contrast Ruth with a woman today that would have that same power, style, status that has changed um, the way we do things somewhat. And the only person I could come up with is Orpah or Oprah. Because if you look at Oprah, she built a kingdom, an empire, if you will. She built an empire based on love and respect for others. And she was dedicated to her cause. She didn't cave in when all the critics was on her case about her being phony, her not looking good enough to be in the industry, you name it. She's a woman. I mean, think about it. Oprah wasn't born into a wealthy family. And she built an empire because I, I used to love watching her show, Brother Rob, because she would dedicate her show, every show, to helping someone on that show. And no one has cried more, hugged more, <laughs> sympathized more on national TV or international TV than Oprah. And if you look at all the male and female um, talk show hosts that have ever existed none of them have had the same impact so that's that's Ruth in a nutshell just an amazing human being you know the loyalty she gave to Judaism by converting changed a nation it changed the Jewish people as to how humility love and support for others can make you a great person so she achieved greatness by doing everything to try not to be great, <laughs> really. I mean, she did what Jesus did. Think about it. Jesus did not come here and go out of his way to prove that he was great. He didn't stand up in the middle of the temple and say, look here, you guys need to listen to me. I'm telling you right now, you need to pay attention to what I'm telling you, and you need to listen to me. I am the great Messiah, and I'm going to burn this place down if you guys will pay attention to what I'm telling you. That's how important it is. He well, I guess we, we followed his example without yeah. really following it because she comes before. Because she but, came you know, before. just being the example, just being the, the model and being the example. Amen. You know, it's always the right way to go. You yes, know, you sir. don't have to say anything, you just be it. And, you know, people latch on. Now, the second one is Mary. And she's the one that more people know about than any other woman in the Bible is Mary, the Virgin Mary. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mary is Mary is mentioned more than 50 times in the Bible. Of course, that varies by translation. Uh, so it's probably the most mentioned female name in the Bible is Mary. Wow. Yeah. Um, Latin and Greek, I think Mary is in Latin and Greek converts to Maria and Miriam. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the Hebrew form of Mary is Miriam. 
But everybody knows the story. This is probably the most well-known story in the Bible of, uh, you know, uh, definitely in the top five is the virgin, is the inception of Jesus Christ by God into the Virgin Mary. Now, scientifically, you had this angel pop up. I believe it was Gabriel and said, hey, uh, you're about to be impregnated and not by your husband because you're a virgin. <laughs> and I'm sure, psychology 101, I'm sure she went, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about, angel? I'm sure even seeing the angel freaked her out because the Bible never mentioned that she was ever approached by an angel before that. I, I don't think that was the case, right, Brother Rob? That's correct. You're sitting there doing whatever you're doing in the middle of the day, and this angel pops up, and she had to know at a certain point in that conversation, this was not just some guy walking by in sandals and, and a robe that just came out and said, you know what, you're going to get pregnant here shortly. And and, you know, she's like, okay, um, I'm sure my husband will take care of that, but thank you very much. I'm sure it freaked her out. The whole experience probably just shocked her. Obviously, if God chose her as a vessel for his son, she was a woman of impeccable faith and character. There we go with the character again. A great loving woman, kind, caring, generous a woman of extraordinary faith, impeccable faith. Do you honestly feel that God is going to bring his son into this world with a woman who's just average? I've never known any woman to be average. Even bad women in this world are some women to be dealt with. Mary was a, wom a woman amongst women. Right. No, I, th I think you, you can't really expound on it beyond that. You know, she. It's interesting because I don't know if we know too much about her backstory in the Bible, but, you know, it's interesting how she conducted and carried herself. You know, I mean, do we hear often from it, from her firsthand in the Bible? I can't recall. I, I, uh, I don't. It, it'd be interesting to hear her words, you know, in terms of uh, what she thought, you know, about what was going on. But you're absolutely right. I'm sure she was not only humble, but just, you know, mind blown. Uh, what was happening to her all i know of her is um because they didn't go with a lot of detail into her past no not at all she is the daughter of i think her father's name was uh eli uh, uh, okay eli who they're from the tribe of judah okay. which means she's in the royal line of king david no surprise no, <laughs> no surprise no surprise <laughs> So she's in the royal bloodline, um, our Heavenly Father's bloodline, which that doesn't surprise me. But they don't go into her character other than that. The first time they really start talking about Mary was when uh, the angel approached her and said, you're going to be pregnant soon. You know, the psychology of that is, is what totally blows me away when I start thinking about this. Uh, can you imagine her going to her husband Joseph is saying, I know we're not married yet, and you know that I'm still a virgin, but um, I had a uh, angel come to me and say, I'm going to get pregnant soon. Okay, you're going to get pregnant because I'm going to marry you, and we're going to make a baby. Um, 
no, that's not what he said. <laughs> what are you talking about? So you're going to get pregnant by some other man? Um, no. Um, and I think as the story goes, and I'm sure they had a falling out. I'm sure he was like beside himself. What are you talking about, woman? This is insane. I never heard of such a thing. Who would, come on, who would make up something like that? If you don't love me, you should just say so. So the angel had to visit the husband <laughs> to be and say, chill out, bruh, chill out. I, we got this. This is true. What she told you was true. Take it easy. <laughs> God is going to impregnate her, but it's going to be with the son, his son, and you can't touch her at all. You can't touch her. And I'm sure he was okay with everything up until that point. Wait a minute here now. Wait a minute here now. That's my woman, right? We may not be married yet. They may have been married by then. But either way, that's my woman. I've given her my heart, my love. She's with me. She's a virgin. Uh, because people ask that question, she gave birth to Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. Was she still a virgin at that point? <laughs> Wow. Was she a virgin at that point? Hmm. Okay. Right. So eventually she did get pregnant. The spirit of the Lord impregnated her. Let's go back into the psychology of this again. She's a woman of outstanding merit. And when the spirit of God entered her, her whole body, not just her womb, but her whole body became a holy temple. Think about that. Why do you think, this is Psychology 101, listener, why do you think the angel Gabriel told Joseph, don't touch her? He didn't say, hug up on her, just don't have sex with her. He said, don't touch her. Touch means to me, touch <laughs> right maybe he no, meant the no, other no thing hand holding. no intimacy no, hand holding. Yeah. no intimacy she became a whole her whole body became a holy temple you have the son of god you basically the father the son and the holy ghost are three but they're basically one right so you basically have god inside of you growing in your womb mary that is amazing. God made that happen. Are you hearing me, listener? You should be, your eyes should be bulging like mine is. And this is a story I've known my whole life. And I'm 55 years old. Getting science and psychology of it alone just blows me away. But when you add the gospel to it, you can see something absolutely beyond amazing occurring here. She became the most important. Think about this now. What I'm about to tell you here. While she was carrying Jesus, our Lord and Savior, she was the most important person in the world at the time. Amen. Amen. If I was on stage right now, <laughs> Brother Rob, if I was on stage right now, this is when I would drop the mic. <laughs> Put my hands up, <clears throat> right? <laughs> you know, some people might consider her still the, the most important person after Jesus, you know, to uh, <laughs> who's appeared in the Bible. So 
everybody knows the story from there, but here's what's so interesting, and here's proof of the power of, of God, okay? So for her to become or have Jesus inside of her, her whole body became holy ground, meaning, I'm going to make a connection for you, meaning she had to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God. That's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. How do, we know, how do we know that is true? Because when John the Baptist was in the womb of his mother, I believe, what's his mother's name? Elizabeth? Elizabeth, yeah. Yeah, she was and cousin. Elizabeth was in the presence of the Virgin Mary when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice in person. We're not talking about over a telephone. They didn't have telephones back then. They were in person. When you want to talk to somebody back then, you either wrote a letter and they delivered it, or you were in person. She saw her in person. And it says in the scripture, I believe this is in uh, Luke, somewhere around the first, uh, uh, Luke 1, 41 through 44, talks about it, I believe. The baby, John, leaped in the womb. So Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in hearing the Virgin Mary's voice, she was filled with the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth. And the baby leaped with joy in the womb of its mother. That's what, I think that's what the, how the Bible put it. Yeah. This is amazing. That's, that's drop amazing. The mic, drop the mic moment. Yeah. Yeah, another drop the mic. No, I dropped it and I kicked it off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a commercial break right now to let people think about this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is where we say we'll be right back in five and continue to talk about the story of the Virgin Mother Mary. Okay. And then we go, Oh, we're back now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I, I love this story. It's just an amazing story. And you brought up a good point when I talked to you last night, uh, brother Rob, how you could take one woman from the Bible and it's five five women of importance that was mentioned in the Bible in great detail. And you could spend up to a week talking about yeah. these women. They were amazing people. In terms of their contributions, yes. Oh, absolutely. Their contributions were beyond belief. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. I think when you go back to the Bible, you know, if you go back to the Bible like every five years or so and look at it through the lens of what we're dealing with now, you know, it's always very interesting. You know, right now, the role of the woman in society is a very big topic for us right now. So now you're seeing how empowered the women in the Bible were. You know, they don't seem to be empowered on the surface, but when you're realizing what they're doing and they're doing it in such a humbled way, you know, then you have to sit back and really realize, like, wow, this is even deeper than what I perceived it to be. And the common denominator that Ruth and, and uh, Mary had and Elizabeth, the, the common denominator between these women is God. It's, yes. it's the Holy Ghost. It's, it's the power yes. of God inside of them. And when you have God behind you, you can't. You can't, you can't lose. There's <laughs> only going to be profound. There's only been one fool that had enough whatever to go up against God, and that was Satan. And he, right. lost, he, got, <laughs> he, his, so he got his butt kicked. <laughs> he, he got his butt kicked so bad that God himself didn't even have to deal with Satan. He had yeah. one of his angels deal with Satan. He said, Michael, he said, Michael, 
deal with this. <laughs> and Michael kicked his butt. Now, Michael's a bad dude. Okay? Yeah. Michael's a bad dude. Um, it's the L's. Uh, Mike L, Gabriel. Yeah. You know, the L's, the L angels, the E-L angels, yeah. those were some bad people. You want to mess around yeah. with those angels. <laughs> one angel came down to the earth and wiped out 50,000 soldiers in one night plus commercials. Yeah. Angels are some bad dudes. You don't mess around yeah. with these angels, okay? Only the swords of time. That's it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> But we're not talking about the angels right now. No. We're talking about the female angels. And did we know the story from there? She gave birth in, in Bethlehem in a manger and um, study that we did um, when we were talking about Jesus himself, Yeshua. When God does things, he has multiple reasons why he does anything. He's, he's not a singular minded God. He's a multifaceted God. Every move he makes on his chessboard has multiple implications, dozens, hundreds. So he chose Mary, not because she was just a virgin, not because, you know, she was pure of heart and loyal and loving and kind. Those were all reasons, but he also knew and this is where I'm going with, we're going with this whole study we're doing tonight, Brother Rob. He also knew she would make a great mother. I, I took, uh, when I was stationed in the Philippines, I took a couple classes while I was there just because I was bored with nothing else to do. And one of those was psychology. And I remember one, one class, our professor walked in late. And, you, and it's the cool thing professors do when they walk in late. They just walk in and they don't say, oh, sorry, I'm late. They just walk in. The whole room gets quiet because we were all talking to each other. And he sat down his stuff, opened up his book to the page he wanted. And he looked up and asked one question. Which is more important, nature or nurture? Nature or nurture? So let's take that question and put it into Mary and Jesus in her womb. So what would you think the answer would be, Brother Rob? It would be uh, nurture, because with nature, you know, God defied nature in terms of how the process of Mary becoming uh, the mother of Jesus in the first place, I think, was different from what God had created for everyone else. So, and in fact, you know, and the other part of it too, and not to bring Joseph into it when we're talking about Mary, but that Joseph was also part of that nurture theme. You know, that wasn't his natural son, but he took on the responsibility of being Mary's husband, being, being with her while, you know, she's giving birth to a child that's not his. And then on top of that, being a father to that child, you know, and in the, in the way that God would want him to be. So I would say nurture. But I'm interested to see if, if there's a nature part of it that you, you think plays a role. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to bring up a little science for you. The, uh, there was a science scientist who took a portion of the cross that Jesus was staked to, and it had blood on it. And he managed to scrape a little bit of it off, and he took it to his laboratory, he found eventually. And he, he didn't tell him where it came from. He just says, I want you to do a DNA test on this. And they called him back a week or two or however long later it took them. And this happened just a few years ago. And they said, um, 
where'd you get this sample from? He's like, what do you mean? They said, you know, you get 23 from your mother, 23 from your father. Mm -hmm. We only found 24. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Which means 23 came from Mary. Right. One came from God. You get 23 pairs of chromosomes from each of your parents. That's yeah. what makes up you. God yeah. only had to give one because it was perfect. And I don't yeah. think he, I, I'm not sure, I can't remember if he told him at that point, this came from, you know, Jesus yeah. himself who was hung on the cross. And I'm not sure if he told them that, but they were blown away. He was blown away. He didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. So that's your nature. Because right. if Jesus was perfect in every sense, and he was, that's nature right there. He was the embodiment of a perfect nature. Because after the great fall of man through Adam and Eve, Adam or Adam and Eve, everything changed. Everything right. changed. The planet, they changed. The planet, everything changed. Because... Think about it. Sin is not just in our blood, the bloodline of Adam and Eve. It's found throughout the earth. That's why we're getting into the last days of man and we're having, the earth itself is having birth pains because the earth itself is not pure. It's dealing with what's about to happen. It's preparing us for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's paying homage to that. So that's nature or nature <laughs> and nurture you're absolutely right brother rob absolutely jesus could not have had two better parents ever because if that was so god would have put the baby in some other woman and had some other man raise that child in the way right. what is right right i mean we all know the, the, the simple truth. If Jesus was born to a drunkard, drunken woman whose husband beat her all the time and ran around and cheated on her with other women, Jesus still would have came up righteous. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Whoa. Wow. I, I said this once uh, about the power of nature. Everybody knows General Colin Powell. Very powerful, man, very intelligent man. One of these people who has the greatest amount of integrity, always says and does the right thing. You just love this guy. If you would take and you, just, you say, okay, he, he was that way because he was raised to be a great man. Obviously, he had the genes going too, but he was raised to be a great man. And I told somebody this. I said, well, just genetics alone, a Colin Powell born in the Middle East, would have grown up to be the best terrorist you've ever seen in your life. So it's, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> he, he would have been a great man. He would just be on the other side of the fence. You know, great, right. greatness. You got to respect greatness. But you're absolutely right. Um, Jesus was born to the perfect set of parents he ever could have had. And his, his stepdad, does, is that what it would be? Yeah. Loved him as if he was his own, Jesus was his own son. 
There was never ever a story you read in the Bible about Joseph not treating Jesus with the utmost love and honor and respect. And I'm sure, even though it's not written in the Bible, the King James Version anyhow, I'm sure there's stories circulating about this child who was born, everybody knew about, because trust me, they knew he was there. Why right. do you think they were trying to kill all the male children at the time of his birth? And God set it up to where he couldn't get to Jesus because they were trying right. to take him out. They were trying to take out all the males uh, along that time period. So God and his doing everything infinite, he could. Oh, uh, he did everything they could, but uh, God <laughs> in his infinite wisdom kept his son safe so that he can complete his loving mission and sacrifice for our lives. But there is another group of people who sacrifice greatly. And we're coming up on Mother's Day here, and that's mothers. There is nobody in a family more loving and kind and loyal than a mother. Guys, I know we feel we're all that, right? And the Bible states it clearly. Man is in charge of his home as Jesus is in charge of his church. Jesus loves his church. Man, you're supposed to love your wife. That's why Amen. you're... Amen. And I, I, hey, I know pre preaching to the choir when I'm talking about Brother Rob, the newlywed <laughs> of 2021 here. Because, <laughs> you know, audience, you can't see his face. I'm looking at his face. This is a happy man. I know a happy man when I see one. <laughs> I know one when I see one. And I, I, I'm, I'm in the same league as you are, uh, Brother Rob. I'm, I'm in awe of uh, women. I think they do amazing things. But if you look at the Old Testament mother versus mothers of today's day and age, think about this now. I'm going to throw something out there at you, audience. Women have not evolved much. They haven't had to. The ones who've evolved the most between men and women is men. Women have been the same as they were back then. They're the same today. They're going to be the same tomorrow. And you say, Brother Fred, what you talking about? Support. Women naturally are born to understand their role. Their role is support. Now, guys, before you get this twisted, there's a difference between support in a home where you're not saved, you don't know God, you don't love God. I'm not talking about that type of woman. I'm talking about a woman like Ruth, like Mary, who loved the Lord. So they understood their place. Their place was to support the kingdom of God, however necessary. Mary, I'm going to put my son inside of you. Yes, Lord. Ruth, you need to go get on your hands and knees and pick some food for us. Yes, ma'am. Humility. Women have embraced, mastered, conquered. You know, we use that cute little phrase, got a PhD in humility. What did our Lord and Savior have when he came here his first time? Great humility. Amen. Amen. 
when a church needs to be prayed up at three in the morning, you know, when the pastor says, we're going to have a, a 14 day, 24 hour prayer session. You know who volunteers for the three o'clock to six o'clock session? Women. Ain't no guy going to get out of his bed and get on his knees at no three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's the women. Women, 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 women. Women are always in the church doing those menial task things to keep the church family together. Not only that, she's doing those same beautiful, loving, caring tasks in her home. They are born and gifted at that. I, I'm in awe. I watch my wife all the time, the way she interacts with our son, how she handles things, how she looks at life. It's beautiful. I, I feel like, I, oh my gosh. <laughs> Whew. Anybody that's happily married know exactly what I'm talking about right now. If you're not happily married, I'm sorry, you don't miss the boat. There's still a chance for you, but you got to get on your knees and start praying. <laughs> you got to submit to the will of the, of the Lord. You know, just because you marry her doesn't mean that's who the Lord wanted you to be with. You got to get with a godly woman. Single guy that's listening to this. If the woman you're with now is not a godly woman and you're not a godly man, okay, best of luck to you. But if you're a godly man and you're not with a godly woman, you better start praying, brother. I'm telling you right now, you better start praying. The strength and character of a woman is so strong that even though she's coaching from the sidelines, she can change the world, Remember? starting with your home. She could change the world. Do you know how many men have lived and died because of a woman? How many generals, emperors, conquerors had to make a big decision of what was going to happen to his army the next day? And he's laying in bed with his wife going, honey, I got this great decision. You would believe how this decision I have to make. Oh, honey, 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 I don't know what to do. And she would hold her man and say, you do what you know is the right thing to do. And that guy got up the next morning and went and conquered three nations. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't underestimate the power of a woman, listener. I'm telling you this now. Men who have a hard time in relationships do so at the behest of their own, at thy own hand, as they say, because they mistreated some woman. And I don't know for the life of me as a sinner, when I was out there in the world and I used to deal with male friends, and I would say, how, how can you be with four or five different women? Not at the same time. I'm not talking about that type of guy. But you got four or five girlfriends, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Because one, you can't handle one woman. How are you going to try to juggle three, four, five women? You're just shortening your life, dude. You, you're going to stress yourself out. They're, on average, they're smarter than us. They live longer lives than us. Yeah. You know, that being said, Brother Rob, why aren't women in charge then? Well, it's interesting, too, because sometimes I have to put that on women themselves. You know, when we're looking at decisions being made about what structure works for whom. And, you know, not to be political, but, you know, you see often a debate as among women where you see some feel that white women cater more to the status quo because that works for them. 
versus women of color who feel that the status quo is built against them. And you see that debate taking place. You know, I don't know where it falls, but, you know, I think it's among women. I think that's a, it's a large part of it that, you know, you have women supporting a structure that some, some women feel oppresses them. So it's very tricky. But, you know, as with all things women, you know, it can be very tricky for us and very difficult for us as men to understand perspectives that they're dealing with. So uh, it's a very tough question. And to tie it all together, yeah, whether you're on one side or the other of the equation that Brother Rob just gave, listener, you're still dealing with a very powerful, beautiful human being in a woman. I'm sorry, yes. you are. Yes. I, I personally feel women, women are superior to men. I feel that they are. And the only reason why men are in charge is for two reasons. One, our physical prowess. Okay, right. that's one. And the second reason is because God knew that if he put women in charge of every nation, they eventually will find peace. Men, we're not going to get along no matter what happens. <laughs> I like you today because you're giving me uh, alfalfa and grain. Tomorrow, somebody's going to give it to me at a cheaper price. I don't like you. Now I want to go to war and take yours and share it with this guy over here. That's the way men think. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. Women aren't like that. Women will find a way. Today's woman, she'll, I mean, you, you've heard, how many times have you heard this story, Brother Rob, where a guy is cheating on his wife, his phone blows up while he's in the uh, uh, shower. The wife answers it, it's the girlfriend on the phone. They sit and have a conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, decide, decide how to proceed. How to proceed. Now, yeah. they're going to go and sign up and set you up for a fall. They might Without you having, having any idea. <laughs> By the time you know you're in the trap, you already in it. You can't get out. Right. I'm telling you, men, don't, don't do that to yourselves. Stop no. it. Stop it. Stop it. If you're not saved and you're listening to this, you need to get saved. But if you're not going to get saved, take some basic advice and stop all this running around and, and acting crazy with women. Kindness, do not mistake kindness as a weakness. Women, a good woman is extremely kind, and I think a lot of men take that as a weakness. They are not weak because they're kind. They're not. Women can multitask. They're born natural multitaskers. They can think faster than us. On average, is more intelligent than us. They outlive us because they know how to deal with stress. We don't know how to deal with stress. You, do you honestly feel that a man handled the mental and physical challenge of giving birth to a child? No. I like what Carol Burnett said about it so that men could kind of understand what it feels like to have a child. She said, take your bottom lip and pull it over your head. <laughs> 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 I was like, uh, I'm glad I'm a man. <laughs> yeah. I'm a man. But I've always been a deep admirer of women from all the way from my mom um, to my sister, to my wife. I now have the distinct honor, listener, Brother Rob already knows this. I work with 10 amazing women in my department. I'm the only male on the staff. 
I've never felt so honored and so dumb at the same time. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> they'll be talking about something. I'm right there with them. They'll change gears and they're talking about something else. They're all in step with each other. But poor brother Fred, I'm still over here thinking of the other thing. And they're looking at me like, uh, keep up, guy. Keep up. We're talking about this now. <laughs> I, their ability to pull up information and multitask just makes them, in my opinion, brilliant. So, men, you won't be able to outthink her, outstrategize her, outplot her. The best thing you could do, what, what, what's the saying, Brother Rob? Happy wife. Happy wife. Happy life. Happy yeah. life. Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> that happiness comes from, to be honest with you, it comes from a Christian family. Uh, uh, both parents or both spouses, uh, husband and wife, loving and giving themselves to God. God has to be number one in both your lives for you to have a wholesome, loving, kind marriage. Granted, it's natural for a woman to be loving and kind. It's natural. So imagine a woman who's already born as a loving and kind creature who now loves the Lord. You're getting a double dose of blessing, guy. Men, are you listening to me? You're going to get a double dose of blessing. It says in the word, a man who findeth the wife findeth the good thing. So Amen. You leave your mother and you go on to find your wife. A man who findeth the wife findeth the good thing. So it doesn't say a woman who findeth a man findeth a good thing. Why is that? Because your wife, so I'm going to talk about you, Brother Rob. Your wife, all these years, has been continuing to improve upon herself because she was waiting for you. She didn't know your name was going to be Brother Rob. She didn't know you were going to be tall, dark, and handsome. All she knew is, when I see him, I'll know it. And they do. I don't know how women do this. A woman could be shaking your hand for the first time, and she goes, that's him. That's him. That's what she's telling her girlfriends at night after your date. That's him. That's the man I'm going to marry. And you're telling your friends, male friends, oh, man, she was beautiful. She was fine. Man, oh, we had a good time. We were laughing. And, oh, you ain't thinking about no marriage? <laughs> she already got the... The place picked out. She got the dress picked out. She got, you, you know, she already know how many uh, relatives she's going to let you invite. She already has that whole thing planned. Be why? Because they're great planners. They're great tacticians. I'm taught, because I'm a military man, I'm taught how to be a tactician, and I'm very good at it. But I honestly believe and think it's natural for women. Why do you think women make better interior decorators? Because tactfully they know how to put stuff together my wife put together some beautiful outfits for me to wear and i'm i i grew up reading gq come on now i know what i'm doing <laughs> but she she looks at things entirely differently in the way i do guys do you know science 101 that women see colors more brilliantly than we do and enrichment and more of them wow i didn't know that first yeah yeah <laughs> They have their special place in the kingdom. Women have a special place in the kingdom. God said that without even saying it. He said it by putting his son 
into the birth of the Virgin Mary. Do not think, listener, for one minute that God could not put his son here, just popped him up on this earth at 33 years old and said, Jesus, you showed up here, start your mission. He could have done it that way. There's a reason why God did it the way he did it. He did it, like I said, multiple reasons why God does anything, but one of the reasons I feel he did it was to give an illustration from conception to death, how are you supposed to live your life? To show the importance of women in his kingdom. Women are extremely important in the kingdom of God. Now, some of you already know this or believe this. That's why you say, but she was a mortal. She was a mere mortal, just like the rest of us. She was born into sin, just like the rest of us. She had to get on her knees every day and beg for the forgiveness of God. She had to, she had to do everything we all had to do as believers in Yeshua HaMashiach. She can't forgive sins. And I know that's painful for some people to believe, but that same Bible you're reading, this particular group of religious people, look it up for yourself. It tells you who and who cannot forgive sins. Amen. Amen. But I want to wish all the mothers out there, old and young, whether you be a young mother, great-grandmother, I want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day. In my opinion, every day is Mother's Day. And I feel very sad that we've relegated such an important event to one day of the year. Father's Day should be maybe a month. Mother's Day is the other 11 months. How, why don't we do it that way? <laughs> then I think we'll have it in the right proper context. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guess happy Mother's Day to Saint to, um, to the Virgin Mary, too, you know, as you reflect on it. Yes, sir. So, Brother Rob, what do you think about uh, everything we were talking about today? You want to put some thoughts on that? Oh, it's, it's very interesting. I think that, um, you know, there's several women you could profile in the Bible, but I think the two that were talked about today were kind of an example of what, you know, every woman, well, most of the women you would find in the Bible are the example of, you know, humility, as you mentioned, um, you know, just being humble with the task that was before them. And more importantly, being an example for both men and women in terms of what it is to be a good Christian and a good person and what the power of that can do, you know, in terms of um, if you want to influence the world or change the world or just have some type of influence on it, you can look to these women to, to set your own example of how you can go about living in the world and being a good Christian and spreading the good word. So, uh, you know, I think it's an excellent lesson. And, you know, I think it's an excellent lesson for our listeners. And we would love to hear from them, you know, about today's podcast. You know, listener, do you have any reflections on Mother's Day? And do you know anybody who was an example as the Virgin Mary and Ruth were in terms of being examples of Christianity and motherhood and womanhood, as we discussed today? Um, if so, we invite you to share those thoughts and comments with our various social media presence. And Brother Fred, if you could just like, show them or tell them where they can go to share their comments about the show and about the topic today. Amen. So we, we uh, broadcast out of Podbean, and uh, in Podbean, we usually wind up sending this out through uh, several other um, uh, 
agencies or what, what would you call it, Brother Rob? Um, you could say platforms, I think, maybe. Platforms. I like that. Platforms. So other <laughs> platforms. I, we also use Facebook. So if you're a Facebook friend of uh, Brother Rob or myself, uh, we'll have a link onto there. But if you just go onto Podbean and look up DBSG, Discipleship Bible Study Group, DBSG, you'll find all of our podcasts on there. Well, that's all we have for this week before Mother's Day. Um, happy Mother Day, Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And hopefully, guys, you're getting ready to uh, celebrate that as well as it's coming up. And uh, Brother Fred, why don't you take us out with a prayer? I sure would love to. Yes, thank you, thank you. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you uh, once again for opening up our hearts and our minds to speak not our words, but your words, Father God, of truth and honesty and love, dear Lord. And thank you, thank you, thank you, dear Lord, for giving us woman. Man was doing great on his own, but you felt it necessary for Adam to have a mate because he was lonely. He couldn't do it by himself. He needed somebody to pick him up and make him happy and carry him forth. And woman, women do that role so beautifully and wonderfully, Father God, and is so underappreciated in this world, the beautiful gifts that they bestow to every family, every neighborhood, every country. So we want to uplift women, not just on Mother's Day, but every day, uplift women in our lives and treat them as equals to us, Father God, because they're exactly that in your kingdom. They're equals to us. And we thank all the mothers today and tomorrow for all your beautiful gifts and contributions to the kingdom of God. And we ask all these wonderful things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you, listener, and stay tuned for our next podcast. Have a nice Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And be blessed.